There are many ways to tap into our full confidence, alignment, and the power of who we are as awake, alive, sensually empowered, fully embodied women. Amber Sousa is a dance expert, spiritual teacher, Reiki healer, inspirational speaker, and writer. She's the founder and owner of All of Me, a holistic health and healing space, bringing together movement, meditation, and mindfulness. Together... Amber and I will be hosting an all-women's retreat at a luxury Airbnb on six acres of woods in Mount Hood Village, Oregon, October 27th and 28th. Amber and I will facilitate you through the science of the breathwork, the energy of unconditional love, and the safe space to explore and express the body through dance. Stepping out of our codependencies, coming home to our true alignment, and not outsourcing our power is a practice. Our environments can keep us reliving our history, our story of who we thought we were. But when we step out of the known long enough to recalibrate and widen our perspective and start to memorize a new way of being, which is who we truly are in pure potential, we can be and have and experience and create in a more empowered way. Come explore in Mount Hood Village, Oregon with other amazing women on a similar journey. You can email Siri at sageandblushwellness.com. Welcome to the Authentic Creative Podcast, where we explore the internal world of professional creatives, what their arc is, what they're up against, what tools they're using on their spiritual journey, what they're excited about. But today we're doing something a little bit different. So let's dive in. Born in West Hollywood, 2013. So today we're speaking with my son, 10-year-old Phoenix Thornton. He did his own research, diagnosed himself with ADHD, asked to be on the Authentic Creative Podcast to explain how his brain works and what helps him so that he may potentially benefit even maybe one other kid or another parent. So I'm interviewing him today about his self-diagnosis of ADHD, his suggestions for other kids and parents, how his brain works for him, coping mechanisms, and also how COVID was for him. Thoughts on the pandemic, masks, and vaccinations. He talks about imagination, science, geography, nature therapy, YouTube influencers, about being the oldest sibling and how the benefits and challenges are for him and how he's figured out how to help his little brother when his brother is struggling. He shares his observations on adults wanting to be kids to be free and kids wanting to be adults to be free and how to be happier. He shares his awarenesses with so much maturity and so much empathy. I think you're going to really enjoy this. Let's dive in. I'm really honored and excited to get to interview my own son, my firstborn son. So how are you feeling? I'm feeling I'm feeling good today. <laughs> nice. What made you feel like you wanted to be on the Authentic Creative Podcast? I don't know. It just sounded like something that would be like fun to do. And also for like, I thought it would be nice to share some attributes about myself. Great. Let's hear your attributes. Basically, my name is Phoenix Thornton. I am 10 years old, born in 2013, 
One of the main things I think we're going to be talking about is how I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. My ADHD is like kind of a big problem, but like also there's some downsides and upsides. So mm-hmm. like there's some good things and bad things about it. There's some things I like, like about it and don't like about it. Mm-hmm. Can I just ask you, mm-hmm. how did you discover that you have ADHD? Because as we know, you have not been psychologically or clinically labeled with ADHD. You haven't been technically assessed, right? But this is not to invalidate what you're saying in any form. I'm curious as to how you came to this conclusion. What got you starting to think that this might be something that you have? And how did you figure that out for yourself? First of all, I saw this like video on this person who has ADHD and was like trying to like cure it or something. And he was talking about like all these symptoms that he had that means like you have ADHD. And I looked and I was like, yeah, I have a lot of those symptoms. And then I went into deep. Was this on YouTube? Uh, Yes, it was on YouTube. And how old was the guy that was talking about having ADHD? I think he was in his like 20s or 30s. Oh, okay. What were the symptoms he was listing? Do you remember? I actually don't re- I don't really remember. Okay. I do remember I was relating to many of them. And okay. After that, I went into a bit deeper research and I found out I kind of do have ADHD and have it like not cr- not like really really bad but quite bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the experiences that you've had that lead you to feel that this is a correct analysis? Well, once I figured out, I noticed that it was like harder to pay attention. I was noticing these things in real life. They left. Now that I knew, I've been noticing. Okay. Just like these things happening. Like it takes long for me to do this, which um, is a part of ADHD. And oh, this happened, which like can lead to ADHD. I just kept <laughs> um, finding the symptoms happening in real life. Mm-hmm. While I was doing my normal thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's definitely some struggles that you've had on a consistent basis for a few years. Do you think that these struggles were sort of amplified by COVID? Or do you think that this just has happened more recently? Like, when did you start to notice these difficulties or challenges? Um, I think I started to notice them around um, maybe like a couple of years ago. And like just recently, I've been like, hey. I I might have ADHD. Yeah. I'm curious if any of your friends and you have talked about ADHD at all or discussed different challenges that you have that are similar. Is that a conversation you've had with anyone of your friends? Well, yeah, I've talked about it to my friends. I'm like, sometimes when they're like, are you paying attention? He's like, are you paying attention? And I'm like, oh, well, I it's kind of hard to pay attention for me because I have ADHD. And it's like hard for me to process what you're saying. 
Mm. And, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I get it now. And then I talk to them like a bit more about it. It's like, oh, there's also this and that. And they're just usually they're just like totally OK with it. And usually you're like, OK, like, like, I get it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So do you don't know anyone that's also saying that they have ADHD? That's your friend. I don't really have any friends with ADHD. Sometimes I, if I go out in public, I make like a kind of good friend. Like they're like, oh, I, I also have ADHD. Like I don't like see them. They're not like my friend friend. Like Okay. Okay. I meet someone in public and I'm like, hey, what are you like? And I'm like, oh, and they're like, oh, I have ADHD. Oh, I have ADHD too. So far you've mentioned having a hard time focusing. Yeah. What are some other challenges that you have besides focusing? Focusing is probably one of the main things. Okay. If I'm trying to do a task, like a person without ADHD would probably be able to do it much quicker than someone mm-hmm. with ADHD. So, for example, what task is really challenging for you? Usually, like, trying to do a task where I need to make decisions. Okay. Like, Picking out an outlook, like something to wear, or like, what should I do next? Should I do this or that? Then I get distracted with something else. And then if there's urgency, how does that feel when there's an urgency around the task? It gets much more stressful, Mm -hmm. and it might actually um, make me slow down because Mm. it like like actually slow me down because I'm I'm more stressed out and like I need to do all these things now and I'm trying to rush but then I get distracted and then it's even more of a rush and it just gets me slowed down or something. So many questions I have for you. What do you think would help you when there's urgency around a task? How could people around you help you or how could you help yourself knowing that there's certain things that have to happen in a certain time frame? Um, usually what helps if, if they uh, do a little bit of something like, oh, I need to do this. Can you go can you go help me with this other task I need to do? Help me out with that too once I'm like done with this one or something. So if they frame it in the right way where it's like, can you help me by doing this thing? Is the person saying, can you help me by like getting your socks on? Or are they asking you to do something literally for them? What I mean by that is like, oh, can you um, refill my water bottle for me while I go get my socks on? Or it's like, can you do... It's helpful if they ask you to do that? Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. I'm aware that because I'm around you more than other people like at school or your friends, that there are certain challenges that I think you probably only have the ability to kind of express your frustration when you're at home. Whereas like if you're at school or in a public scenario, you might not express it as much. But I know at home, you'll have situations where you find yourself really overwhelmed. You've described that a few times of what that feels like in your head. And I think it might benefit other parents or children if you could describe what that feels like in your head. 
Could you describe that? Basically, when I get angry or something. If you've watched the movie like Inside Out, in my head, the anger character is like trying to take over all the other emotions. Okay. That that's what it feels like. And it's really hard to like get the anger character away and let all the other emotions come back. Mm. Are there other voices or emotions that are also trying to overfunction at that same time and then you get kind of jammed up? Yeah, usually like also sad, but angry, mm-hmm. but also like really want to do something and like all these emotions get mixed together and I like I freak out. Yeah. So what does freaking out mean? And I know this is private and vulnerable, so you don't have to share everything. But if you want to, what does it look like when you freak out? When I freak out, it's usually like, like, ah, and I need time to like myself to calm down Mm -hmm. and like not be rushed. Because once I'm rushed, I get even more angry yeah. and, and all those other emotions. And then it's just that, but worse. Like what I experience is you scream. And I think you scream maybe because it's so loud inside of you that it's a yeah. way of like expressing what's going on inside of you. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, it's like, especially when people are talking to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to do that and this. Like, there's a mind world and a, and a real life world. Mm-hmm. And my brain is trying to put those two and work on those two. Like, my mind world is like, oh, hey, uh, hey, how about we do this? And like, think a little bit and we need to relax, relax for a bit. And my real life world is like, hey, why don't you talk to this person? We need to be talking to this person right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's hard. I feel like everyone has a version of that that's so human. I definitely relate to that. Also, what I've noticed is sometimes it can be really overwhelming for you. And I don't know if this is part of the auditory processing challenge, which you were diagnosed with at the occupational therapist. Is that okay for us to share that? Okay. When, for example, daddy's reading you a story, right? And your mind maybe starts to wander. I want you to explain about that, though. So, like, when my dad's, like, reading to me, it's either, like, I'm really paid attention to it or really not paid attention to it. And the way to do that, the way to, like, pay attention to it, is usually actually like doing something else like yeah. doing something else relaxing like drawing or um or painting or doing something relaxing that isn't too hard to do mm, like engaging your right creative brain so that your left brain can understand the logic of the sequence of events yeah mm-hmm yeah, I know daddy, or I should, sorry, I should say dad. I know your dad has found recently for himself that when he's working with his writing partner, it helps him to not get distracted by sketching in a sketchbook. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because I think that's the case for a lot of people. Maybe not everyone is quite as aware of what's going on for them or what would help them. I know for you, what I've noticed is 
if you lose the sequence of the reading comprehension, it's really important to you that you understand that sequence. And so you do get really frustrated, understandably, if you lose track of that through line, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When that happens, the anger, like anger character comes back into action and it's like, hey, weren't you supposed to do this? Like you need to do this, not that. Mm -hmm. Does the anger character get mad at you for not knowing what's going on? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember we went to see The Lion King in New York City recently. It was your first Broadway show. And there was a section where there's a lot going on and one of the characters is dying and it really upset you not because the character necessarily was dying i don't think but you were it seemed like you were upset because you didn't understand the logic of why the character was dying is that right yeah like i didn't pay attention for a bit and i like or i forgot like i was like oh wait wait what happened there like did it just ruin the whole story of it was that the most important part did i need to know that now I need to know that because it might not be the thing. Then the person like might tell me or something like, but I want to see it happen. I want to hear you read it again. I want to see it happen again. Mm. And- like it's almost like FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. Like I just missed a pinnacle moment and I'm so upset because I want to be able to like rewind life and see this moment and experience this moment fully in present real time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that for sure. Do you, I'm just curious, and this is coming to me in right now in the moment, do you, and I think a lot of people do this, like replay moments a lot in your head of like what already happened? Like, do you mean like rethink them? Like I should have done this? Yeah, or like anything that you kind of remember it over again and over again and over again, where you're like thinking about, yeah, maybe I should have done this or kind of analyzing what that was or like kind of overthinking things. Yeah, uh, that that happens not rarely, but not commonly. Okay. Like, it doesn't happen like all the time, but it doesn't happen like none of the time. Right. It happens like every, every once in a while. Okay. Like, like, oh, I should have done this. So if that's not really happening very often, what do you feel like is happening when you're getting distracted? Are you in your imagination? Like, are you, what are you thinking about? Um, when I get distracted, I usually think about what I'm going to do, a version of um what I did, or a version of what I what I did. Okay. So like by a version of what I did, I mean like what if I did this? Mm-hmm. If I did that. Mm. Sometimes it's just it could. Sometimes I'm just thinking of something random, like anything like that's happened, like or saw. You're really into science and geography and geology and history. Do you think about any of those things when you're not focused on what is in front of you? Yeah, sometimes I think of those types of things. Sometimes I think of like, oh, what what if I did that? Or what if I did that? And like, it was like, oh, what if I did this in geography? Or what if I did that in science? Oh, 
what if this happened? If like for science, like what if I put like two chemicals together and made this like revolutionary potion thing? Mm. Like what if I um found a new country vast off in the middle of the sea or what if i saw stuff like that Mm -hmm. that's neat very imaginative and i think that's how people who discover new information and new ideas that change the world that's how they think like einstein right Mm -hmm. who are some of your favorite influences or people in those realms that you kind of think about or look up to or maybe you'd like to be like sometimes i see these cool people on the internet or like people in history like you were just saying um albert einstein like sometimes things like well if i was that person what if i had the skill to do what they did Mm -hmm. yeah so who do you like on the internet there's these like youtubers and stuff that i think are cool on what they do like who there's this person for geography this youtube called Jack Sucks at Geography, but yeah, he's like really good at it, and I like watching his videos. Do you think that's something you would want to do? Yeah, yeah, I think that was something I want to do. Then I like wanted to try out, like I saw some of his videos, and I wanted to try out like these fun games like GeoGuessr, and I also um, wanted to like try to name these like countries, and like one time I came downstairs like, oh, um, I named, like, I practiced naming all the states, the United States and America and all the all the countries in Brazil, all the countries in um, South America mm-hmm. and all the these countries around the world. There's some people that, like, I really, like, inspire me mm-hmm. and change how I do things sometimes. So who else inspires you? I see these like nature people. I, I don't know their names, but they're like also on YouTube and they do these cool like nature stuff. What do they do in nature exactly? Are they exploring and excavating? What are they they're camping like, out? They like they're like making forts and these cool like bases and stuff out in like the woods. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. That would be really fun to do with my like friends or something. Mm, yeah. What else are you wanting? wanting to share that you think would help other kids or other parents to help kids about ADHD before we move on? So I feel like one of the things I've talked about is rushing does does not help. And yeah. if you tell them they're in a rush, the kid's going to get freaked out. Another thing is like, let them have their time. Like I was saying, don't rush them. Like, let them like decide like, oh, it's okay. I, I want to do this then. Just stress out they might get a bit rushed at the last minute but then like be like it's a little hard to explain basically you don't want to rush them mm-hmm. too much you can rush them like a little bit i can, can give them a warning mm-hmm. or something like oh you needed this at at least this time what do you think would help other kids that get to that overwhelm point where they're just starting to scream or they're frozen and they can't do anything take a minute to like sit down and be that by themselves usually like taking like a beat a break breath in and like out and just taking a break for a little bit and then that will let them think about just think for a little bit so Mm -hmm. their mind doesn't get jumbled up with all these thoughts 
So give them space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you take space in those moments where you're overwhelmed and you've had the ability to take space, like say, go to your room, what is it? Can you kind of describe how you get yourself to calm down? Like I was saying, like taking a breath in and out or drinking some water or maybe like taking a break and like watching like a bit like of TV, like not a lot of it, but like a little bit to like get you distracted and then you can start doing what you did now that you're all relaxed. Mm -hmm. So breathing, maybe watching something for a minute. Are there any other tools that you use that are sensory, like in terms of listening to something, watching something, playing with something with your hands, like eating something? Are there sensory things that help? Yeah, usually like having something in your hands, like whenever I'm at school, I'd have a pencil and like while I'm paying attention, I would like play with the pencil mm-hmm. or like having something to like a squish toy a notebook to like write in does it help you to wear headphones if you're at school so that you can focus does that help sometimes it like it kind of depends on the situation if it's really loud in the classroom yes probably if there's like if you're really trying to focus on something you really want to do i'll probably put them on those are like the main ones but usually all the other ones are like you don't really need headphones but Mm. come on if you want to and are there maybe you don't know but might there be specific sounds that would be helpful in terms of either feeling calm or helping you to focus I like like peaceful sounds usually like I like one of um like a, maybe a song that I like I really like I hear like birds chirping it like makes me happy At night we use a noise machine in your room yeah. do you like that sound yeah, I like the my noise machine. Like, without it, it's hard to sleep. But that's more for, like, helping you to fall asleep, right? Yeah. Not necessarily. I don't know. Would that be helpful if you were just trying to calm down, maybe? Yeah, maybe because what helps with the noise machine is it takes away all the other sounds mm. that I had and in the real world. We worked with someone else I interviewed on the podcast. She and I talked, mentioned you with Tara Lee Weathers and she works with people with ADHD and she started working with younger people and you were working with her. You had, I think like three sessions with her. What do you feel like you learned from those sessions or that you got out of those sessions? Do you remember anything that kind of was helpful Uh, to you that she said or? Yeah, she said like, I think she said like one minute meditating that I started doing and definitely um, helped with my mornings. Okay. How do you do the meditations in the mornings? How does that work? So I don't do them much anymore. Basically what I'll do is um, go to somewhere that was like quiet mm-hmm. um, and just kind of um, sit down and close my eyes and just like breathe with my eyes closed just through my nose and then out my mouth. So were you doing that just on your own, not with like an app? Yeah, just on my own. And was that helping? 
Yeah, it was helping me calm down, calm down a bunch, and just make my day a little bit less stressful. There was the tapping app that we were playing around with. What did you feel about that? It wasn't as best as the、um, one minute meditating. It still helped a little bit. It helped me like take a minute to to kind of calm down sometimes.、Mm-hmm. So maybe tapping, definitely meditation, breathing, having some. Something to play with in your hands, maybe a noise machine to calm you down, maybe headphones, birds chirping. How do you? I, I know you really like camping. I know you like nature. Do you feel like being out in nature, like as they call it, nature therapy, is really helpful to your system? Yeah,、um, I feel like being out in nature、um, helps. Helps a lot with getting me calm down and just makes me like generally happier. Why do you feel like it makes you so happy to be in nature? Because it's it's very peaceful. I like things being peaceful. Like it's very peaceful, and I think the idea of like doing things like making a fort, like like doing things like your own way. Like you have a house, but like that's a little too easy. Like you can just have like just have a house. Like there's no struggles with it. You have water easy. Yeah, food easy. And when you're out in the like woods or something, you can like, oh, we need we need like make this floor and you, like make this cool little home thing. You're out doing like your own thing. Like, does it make you feel powerful? Yeah, kind of makes me feel powerful. It makes me feel like hmm, makes me feel like happy to be out somewhere where there's like no people to like stress me out or like just.、Mm-hmm. Yes. We have two dogs. Are they helpful to you? Yeah, they're helpful to me. They're helpful,、um, especially Luna.、Mm-hmm. She does distract me sometimes, but she's just like this little angel dog. That helps me a bunch, like making me happier. Charlie, Charlie. Whenever I see like Charlie, I like give her give her a nice pet. It's like, oh, it's nice to see. Nice to see Charlie just having a good time. Petting the dogs and playing with the dogs seems like that is a helpful tool in general. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about you. Used to live in California. Now you live in Washington.、Mm-hmm. What are the pros and the cons for you? The thing with Washington is, I kind of like hot places more. And Washington can get hot sometimes, but it's usually quite cold. I- I've gotten used to it like over the years, but I still like having somewhere hot. And how、uh, do you feel about the rain? The rain. It doesn't rain as much as people think it does. It does rain, but like it doesn't rain a crazy. The rain's nice. We don't get like much rain in California though because it's so hot. That I like. I like the rain, but I also like the heat. So it's a bit of a trade-off. Are you happy that you live in Washington now, or do you wish you still lived in California? I had some very good friends in Washington. I, I had many. Good friends in California, but now that I've moved to Washington, I've also made many good friends there too.、Mm. So if I did move back there, I would be sad for my friends there. Yeah. I'd also be happy to be back with my old friends. Oh, okay. Well, wherever you go, it sounds like you make friends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
And I mentioned COVID earlier, but obviously you haven't had to wear a mask in a while. I'm curious how that experience was for you. Do you remember the day that you had to leave school and wear a mask? Do, do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember having to like have to go to school with the mask and like wear it all day. And masks were like the most serious thing like ever. Now it's just like, hey, those masks, they're those things are like we don't need those anymore do you remember being at your school in california and leaving school because of covid do you remember that i think i do do you remember how, how you felt about not being able to go to school and having to have school at home yeah i remember that uh yeah uh having homeschooling was a bit of a tough time like we couldn't go outside much but we we had been used to that because there was recently like a couple years before that a wildfire yes so we'd gotten used to that but it was still a bit, a bit of a downside like now we have to be inside so much and like all these masks mm -hmm. we have to do homeschooling and I think it was both something tiring for kids and parents. Yeah. What do you feel like was the most challenging part of COVID for you? I think the most challenging part was probably the masks. Okay. And definitely the most annoying. Yeah. I, I didn't like the mask. I don't think I knew anybody who liked wearing their mask. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was like annoying and you had to keep them on and you weren't able to take them off and it was definitely harder to breathe too mm. it was just like a tough time yeah how did you feel about wearing your mask when you were playing outside it was it was hard we had to like wear a mask playing outside also like we had to when i was in second grade we had to like stay at this one playground like you would switch to a, a different playground every week. We had to stay at one playground with your class and you can go anywhere else. And like, uh, I remember that. And because I was new in second grade, I, I didn't know anybody else from the kids in my class. Mm -hmm. All the kids I knew were either in my neighborhood or in my class. I didn't know any kids anywhere else. Yeah. So it was kind of isolating for you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was hard to breathe. Do you feel like it helped you to, or your friends or anyone to not get sick? Or did it seem like it didn't really help in the end? Or what do you think? I do think the masks are helpful. And once people started taking them off, people started to get COVID more. I noticed that. So I, I think they were useful. Yeah. And how did you feel about getting the vaccination? I remember we were waiting, we were waiting, we were waiting. When can we get it? When can we get it? When can we get it? And I think finally we said, okay, now they have one for kids. And I, I remember you guys being like, oh my gosh, thank you. How was that for you? Did you feel good about getting the vaccination? Were you happy once you had it? Did you feel yeah. safer? I felt safer and I felt happier. But the thing is, we I still had to wear a mask for a little bit longer after the vaccination. That's right. Yeah. So do you think it actually helped having the, the vaccination? I don't think so. 
I actually don't really think so. It's like more of an effect to older people. So I wasn't that worried if I didn't have the vaccination. What do you think you would do in the future? Like say a year from now or two years from now or three years from now, there was another pandemic that was like another version of COVID. What do you think you would do differently or what would you tell yourself or how would you act different or would you do anything different? First of all, I think I'll be very disappointed because this would be the second time this is happening. Mm -hmm. And I I really don't want to go back on that track Mm. of where I was in 2020, 2021. Mm I really, I really did not like that. Yeah. That part of my life. Mm -hmm. So you didn't like it because of the masks? Was there anything else you didn't like? I didn't like, they had very, also very strict rules and stuff. Yeah. And it was also just overwhelming. Mm, mm, mm. And did you feel scared or did you just notice a lot of adults feeling scared? I felt, uh, I didn't feel very scared. Okay. I started to notice that once COVID came along to USA, I noticed that and people started to like get it like this is going to be a big problem now. And it turned out to be a big problem. What was the most disappointing? Was there a particular event you missed or? What was very disappointing was that I, because we had just moved to Washington, there, I didn't really know the place. I wasn't able to go anywhere about the place. And I had just come here and I know nothing about it. And I don't, and I barely know anything about it for a very long time because of COVID. Because we weren't really. Really, like exploring and being social you mean yeah Alan was able to do that once COVID was kind of over do you think that anything good anything beneficial came out of that period of time of COVID did were, were there any positives well at least I got to make one of the things is I got to make some very close friends because these friends I didn't have very many friends so once I got a close friend it was good that I had a close friend because if I still have a close friend once COVID's over, I would still have that close friend and not have to make new mm-hmm. new friends mm-hmm. because it would be harder to make new friends because I don't even know these people. Yeah, this is, I think, my last question about COVID. If you were a father or when you're a father and you have a couple kids, if there was a pandemic, what do you think you would do in terms of rules that you would enforce? Like, would you be like, yes, we're wearing masks. Yes, we're getting vaccinated. Would you do things differently or? I think I'll tell them to put masks on. I I do think they sh- should get vaccinated. I'd probably be not very, very strict about it. They would be able to take their mask off for like a little bit. They wouldn't have to keep it on the whole time. If they're like, oh, oh, can we take our mask off for a little bit? He's like, oh, it's kind of hard to breathe and I don't really like it. Can I take a break? I'd be like, yeah, that. That's fine with me, but not for like too long. And then what about if they're outside in the fresh air? Would you make them wear a mask then? 
If there's like a few people around, maybe no. If there's a lot of people around, probably yes. Yeah, I remember we used to drive to a playground and if it was super crowded or if there was a lot of kids with no masks on, we would leave, we would be like, let's find a different playground. One playground in our neighborhood that was usually like empty that we would go to. Wow, so such a relief now that we don't really think about this very much anymore and it only was not that long ago that we were constantly thinking about it, right? Yeah. Is there anything else that you would want to share that you think would be helpful to other kids or other parents? Just in general, it doesn't have to be about ADHD or COVID, but just like, just in general about being a kid, maybe. Yeah, so being like a kid, one of the, one of the things that I find naturally, which I, kind of, I find funny too, is mm-hmm. kids want to be adults to do adult things, so they're more free. Mm. But adults think the opposite and go, I want to be a kid so I can be more free. Yeah, that's really deep. Kids want to be adults because they think um, they can be free once they're adults. But adults want to be kids to be more free as kids. Yeah. So what do you think that's about? What's going on there? So like kids don't get to like drive cars or go to different places or usually don't have as much money as them and can buy as much stuff, can be unattended to do certain things. But adults want to be kids because like they can get things for like free or something or like they can like run around or like be a kid again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the saying that youth is wasted on the young Mm -hmm. (laughs) does that make sense to you yeah yeah what i'm noticing about your realization or your observation is it seems like people want what they don't have so how do you think that people could be happier to be happier i think maybe your life has been a little sad so you can go on a little vacation with your friends or something or do something fun to help you choose cheer you up, do something to cheer you up to make you happier, a treat for yourself. Mm -hmm. Kids wanting to be adults because they want to be more free and adults wanting to be kids because they want to be more free. What would you say to them to help them not have that feeling? What I would probably do was go out like nature, like we were talking about earlier, to like take a break, like take a break from what you've been doing. Yeah, and I'm just thinking like, that's perfect going out in nature. I love that. And I'm also thinking like, maybe we could all just realize that wherever we're at, whether we're a kid or an adult, to just enjoy where we're at. Mm-hmm. instead of wishing we were something else. That's quite interesting, actually. Yeah, I think they should do what you said, like just accept what they have right now and just live life how it is. What's the best part of being 10? Best part of being 10 is it's kind of like the age you start like getting a lot of friends and getting into more things. Like if you're higher, you're like get into puberty and you get more like grumpy 
and stuff, and that's not so good. And if you're younger, you're still, like, processing, like, how things work, all of that. But when you're 10, it's kind of like a nice in-between. Like, um, I would say 9, 10, and 11 is, like, the best age to be. Nice. If it's okay, can I ask you one more question? I'm okay for, like, uh, a few more questions, but... <laughs> okay, okay. What would you say is the best thing and the worst thing about being the oldest of the children? Best thing is you can get to do more things you want to do. You're stronger, you're faster, you know more. You can be like the upper the upper class. Mm-hmm. You're like the leader. Yeah. The downside is it's hard to try to share a life with someone else and being with them for at least three hours of the day is really hard and I've noticed that even with some of my friends I'm with like a lot like one of my older friends Chris sometimes I don't get along with him as much as I he was like a new friend to me or like Gavin sometimes I get a little angry at him Mm -hmm. but um, but when I was recently friends with him he we would never fight we would always like agree on stuff right so it's like the more time you spend with someone whoever it is the more challenges can come up yeah yeah that makes sense so what would you say as advice to someone else who has a younger sibling what would you say as advice to them i would say to to try to work things out and not go too aggressive because Mm -hmm. me as the older child i would get very aggressive at him but like i've learned i try to not be as aggressive as i used to be what helps you to not be aggressive breathing and taking a little break kind of understand what the younger child is processing right then and how you would act if you were in that the younger child's situation so empathy compassion Sometimes I I think you walk away, right? That helps you. I notice that sometimes when me or your dad are really struggling to help your younger brother, you're actually sometimes the only one who can really help him, like calm him down or help him to understand something or get him to do something. And you're very compassionate and very patient and very good at like teaching him something or helping him to understand something. How did you get so good at that? Practice. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of practice. Every day I learned how his brain worked, what he would decide to do next, and like what he wants to do. I took all that I've learned from him into my brain. So whenever I meet him, I'm like, he did this this time. Maybe he'll maybe he'll do something similar and do this this time. Deductive reasoning, empathy. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And practice, like you said. Well, it makes me think that at some point, I know there's so many passions that you have, but it makes me think at some point you might be a good coach or counselor or therapist. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think, do I want to be a teacher? Do I want to be a camp counselor? Do I want to be like a therapist, like you were saying? So many choices, and you don't have to choose one. You can do all of them. You've got so much time. You can do anything. What do you feel like you have the most passion for right now? First, I really wanted to be a geologist. Then I was like, I don't want to do that as much now. Now I want to be a chef. Okay. Now, like, I don't really care what job I do as long as I'm happy 
Mm. Which I'm okay with it. Nice. That's amazing. So it's more about who you're being as opposed to what you're doing. Yeah. And I know you're about to start a cookie business. Do you want to share about that? I was going to start this little cookie business in my neighborhood. And I've already started working on it. I've done like all the math and stuff for it. And Mm -hmm. I'm ready to do it now. In your neighborhood. And if that goes well, do you have any ideas or plans about wanting to grow it into a bigger business? We were talking about um, making our own like ice cream business. Me, you, my brother, and our my dad. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, hey, why don't I do something like that? That might be fun. So I started working out the math. Okay, I need this, and I need this, and I need this, and I need this. Do you have a name for the cookie business? Little Bros Cookies because the um, ice cream star we we're going to make was going to be called Little Bros Ice Cream. Stay ice on cream. brand. Yeah. Yeah. Stay on brand with Little Bros Cookies. Very smart. You're just a natural entrepreneur. You're really good at math. You're really good with your imagination and coming up with ideas. And your brother's really good at planning things. I think it would be so cool if you guys ended up in business together, creating, innovating together. Do you think you would want to innovate with your brother or are you like now nah, we'll do our own thing i think i probably would yeah i also think it would be very good in terms of money i just think it would be something fun to do i really appreciate you being willing and wanting to do this interview thank you phoenix for being so willing to share the things that you struggle with because i think that's very vulnerable and it's not always easy for people to open up about the things that they struggle with even as adults it's hard and i think it's very generous of you to share your challenges in hopes that and i think it will whoever listens to this benefit children and parents to hear you understand yourself and to hear how things would help you and what doesn't help you what your experiences have been with all of the challenges that we talked about Mm -hmm. so thank you for that i look forward to sharing it with people in our life I think it's going to really be helpful. (laughs) Thanks, honey. Love you. Good job. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Hey, you got through that podcast. Way to go. What did you think of it? I'd love to hear your reactions. And also, if you have someone that you think whose voice would be really valuable to be heard, please reach out with any suggestions. Siri at sageandblushwellness.com. There are many ways to tap into our full confidence, alignment, and the power of who we are as awake, alive, sensually empowered, fully embodied women. Amber Sousa is a dance expert, spiritual teacher, Reiki healer, inspirational speaker, and writer. She's the founder and owner of All of Me, a holistic health and healing space, bringing together movement, meditation, and mindfulness. Together... Amber and I will be hosting an all-women's retreat at a luxury Airbnb on six acres of woods in Mount Hood Village, Oregon, October 27th and 28th. Amber and I will facilitate you through the science of the breathwork, the energy of unconditional love, and the safe space to explore and express the body through dance. Stepping out of our codependencies, coming home to our true alignment, and not outsourcing our power is a practice. 
Our environments can keep us reliving our history, our story of who we thought we were. But when we step out of the known long enough to recalibrate and widen our perspective and start to memorize a new way of being, which is who we truly are in pure potential, we can be and have and experience and create in a more empowered way. Come explore in Mount Hood Village, Oregon with other amazing women on a similar journey. Siri at sageandblushwellness.com